The shadows of storm and night. The mysteries of life and light. From unearthly peculiarities, celestial and divine, to apparitions and transcendental signs. You're listening to To The Spirit Podcast. Hi, friends, and welcome to The Spirit. I'm Beck. And I'm Steph. Hey, Steph. Hi. Glad to have you with me today. We've been fighting off diseases and viruses and such. Yes. <laughs> if it's not me, it's you. <laughs> yep. But we're okay. We're okay. We're making it through. And it's perfect because today's show, we're going to be talking about... Miracles. That's right. Who doesn't need a miracle in their life? I know I do. I think we all do at one point. We all need a miracle. <laughs> I think we all do. And it would be nice if everyone got a miracle. What is a miracle? A miracle is an event that seems inexplicable by natural or scientific laws. In various religions, a phenomenon that is characterized as miraculous is often attributed to the actions of a supernatural being, especially a deity, magic, a miracle worker, a saint, or a religious leader. And that's according to Wiki. So let's talk about some miracles. Have you ever had anything miraculous happen within your family or anything extraordinary? Uh, I had an aunt that was really sick, and you and your sister had oh, gone in, right. and um, she was on a ventilator. She wasn't doing well with her breathing, and I mean, we didn't think she was going to make it. And you and uh, your sister, who sadly has passed, went in and sat down and did the rosary with her, I believe. It was the Divine Mercy. The Divine Mercy. Which is, you use a rosary bead to pray it, but it is different. And it wasn't much longer after that that she recovered. And... Yeah, it was like, I remember your mom had said... That it was the worst night that after we went there, it was the worst night because your mom stayed there with her. Yeah. The worst night she had. And she really thought she was a goner. And then she came out of it. She had no memory of us coming there as far as I remember. No, but she did later. Later. She did later. She remembered you guys. And, and then in death, of course. So. I think one of the things that we brought to was water from Lord France, which mm -hmm. is I, I have some information on that about miracles. And also, um, I think it was oil, maybe holy oil. I don't know what kind it was. I remember we put like the sign of the cross on her forehead, on her hands, and then we did the divine mercy. And I was actually disappointed to hear that she was doing bad because when we got updated later on, I was like, oh, the prayers aren't working or they didn't work. And then all of a sudden, boom, she was around and she lived for a while after that, right? Yeah, she did. She lived for quite a while. She went through her bouts, but... Yeah, I mean, obviously she's got... Well, tell us about the water from Lourdes. Well, Lourdes, France is a place where St. Bernadette Subaru had seen an image of the Virgin Mary. She was also very sick. She had, like, I don't know if it was asthma or something, but she was gathering sticks, I think, for, uh, you know, some heat for their house, you know, just some fuel and or maybe cooking. So while she's out and about, her mother always used to forbade her to walk through this stream and because she would get easily sick. So I think they were afraid, okay, you go in the, through the cold water, you're going to get sick. So I think that she listened to her mother. But in this area where it was a dump, it was actually the local dump where people... Oh. Yeah, I know. You wouldn't think of it as a place that the Virgin Mary would appear. You'd think she's going to pick someplace special. Beautiful, yeah. <laughs> but it is a beautiful area, really, though. Minus the dump. Yeah. <laughs> And so Our Lady appeared to her and had her dig in the ground, which was weird. And she had her eat these. Uh, there was things growing there in the ground, too. And she made her wash her face with the dirt. There was a little bit of water coming up and eat the herbs. 
Okay. And she was healed of whatever it was that was wrong with her, which I can't remember. I don't know if she had. Sound like an autoimmune. (laughs) Yeah. I don't I I can't remember what it was, but it was like, I think she had asthma and things like that. Mm. So she was healed by Our Lady and Our Lady kept on telling her to come back. That initial thing that she dug turned into a spring of water and Mm. then it became big. And then eventually people knowing something miraculous was happening. So they built something to contain the water and then people started having miracles so the water that we had put on your aunt was from lords and anyone can get this now this water still exists there in fact when they've examined it it's just normal spring water there's nothing about it that makes it better than any other water so it's more of a faith-based or like that guarantee from our lady that some people are going to get healed because one they have faith and two it's god's will for whatever reason there's been recorded some amazing miracles from there the unique thing about the water, it's it's frigid, it's ice cold. So when people go there to have a healing or experience it, they have to go in naked. So they have a towel wrapped around them. And from what I've been told by people who have been there is that the water evaporates very fast. So you're freezing, you're going in freezing, but you come out and you're dry really quick. It's kind of bizarre. It's not just lingering on you and you got to like constantly towel off. It's like gone. And so I had that experience with some of the water that I had from there where I put it in my hands and it was that same effect. My fingers didn't stay wet for very long. Right. It just was instantly gone like you put alcohol on your hands. Maybe it's a hard water town. (laughs) Syracuse is a hard water (laughs) town. You're in a hard water town. (laughs) No one would know that commercial, but I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah, but have you ever tried taking a shower in soft water? It's horrible. The soap no. never just, it never comes off. Really? Yeah, well, it feels like you put the shampoo in and it's like that prank where someone continues to squirt shampoo in your hair. It just takes forever to get it out. But then when you have a little bit of a hard water, it strips your hair, <laughs> turns it to straw. But everyone's hair looks terrible. <laughs> no, but the here. soap comes right off. <laughs> so the other thing that I can say is kind of like a miracle that happened to me was when you had brought me to a service it was like a it was a mass it was a mass and there was somebody special there and we've spoken of her several times emma de guzman and you know i didn't know what to think from my perspective i showed up with some friends and the place was packed i wrote about this in my book actually because it was quite it was something to remember emma towards the end of this whole thing came through the crowd and came right up to me and a friend of ours and said, may I say a prayer for you? And of course, we we're like, yeah, sure. Great. And what was really crazy is I remember being panicky because there were so many people around. They were all looking at me. Their eyes were, you know, I, all eyes are on you. And apparently people had driven from far away to come get healed by her or seen by her or prayed over by her. I had no idea what I was even seeing or dealing with. And she took my friends and my hand And it was really weird because in that moment, it didn't matter that everybody was staring at me. Normally, I would have had stage fright. I used to sing at open mic nights and just get really nervous being up in front of a bunch of people. But my nerves just dissipated completely. And I was just in that moment. And I bowed my head and I remember feeling like normally I would feel nervous. I think if it was a priest or something, I'd feel like, oh, oh man. And I'd have actual internal thoughts happening during like this is bull crap <laughs> you know like that's what would happen like what am i doing what the hell 
But I didn't have that. I actually just bowed my head, let her say her prayer. I didn't hear her praying. Everything just kind of went silent. But the one thing I remember was the smell, like flowers from heaven. It was a smell I've never smelled before. And believe me, I have a hippie mom that has every essential oil under the sun. <laughs> I've smelled perfumes and body fragrances and lotions and, and nothing matched the smell. It was so beautiful. It was otherworldly beautiful. It's very intense and strong, too. It's I have to agree with Becky. You feel like you... Like it's going into your cells. Yeah, but you also feel like it's familiar. Right. But you cannot pinpoint it to anything. You can't. It feels very familiar, but you can't pinpoint it. And it's not so overwhelming that it affects your breathing, like if you're asthmatic or it's anything. It's like you want to smell it. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> and it literally does feel like you're absorbing it into your cells. And that, to me, right at that point was like, what is happening? I don't care. The smell is amazing. So when she was done praying, we thanked her. And we headed straight out of the church because people started coming up to us because they were like, do you know, we came here with my son who was very sick. We traveled for hours and you were so lucky. And we just kind of were like, what? We don't know what's going on. But when we left the church, we got outside. People were coming up to us going, you have sparkles all over you. And I didn't know what they meant. But then as I lifted my hands up and I lifted my arms and looked at them, I had sparkles almost like they were embedded in my skin. They didn't hurt. You could pick them off, but they were all over me. And when she says sparkles, it's like glitter, but they're different. They're not yeah. like chunky. They're like very, can be very delicate. Sometimes fine, yeah. but yet large enough. I don't know how to explain it. You can it. pick them up. You could use tape to tape them. Yeah. But, but like, a, like if you went to a party store and got glitter. But the thing is, is... When would she have had a moment? Like, everybody in there would have seen her blowing glitter on us. Okay, so this was weird. And then they're saying it's on my face. You have glitter on your face. You have you have sparkles on your face. So I'm kind of trying to wipe my face and I'm, I am seeing sparkles. I'm like, what the heck? At this point, I was more overloaded by everyone around me. And I was feeling like, I got to get out of here. So my friend who was a school teacher said, jump in the car. We'll get out of here. And while we're in the car, she goes, my God, you smell amazing back you smell amazing. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, she came with me. She would have known I smelled amazing when we walked in there. Mm -hmm. And then she goes, oh, my God, there's sparkles coming out on your face. As she was looking at me, there were sparkles that were appearing almost as if they were coming out of my skin from nowhere. I just said, no way, you're tripping. I pulled down the, the mirror, you know, the fold up mirror in the passenger side. And I looked and I saw the sparkles on my cheeks. And I thought, this is really weird. This is really weird. Well, I got home and I remember I smelled it. I smelled myself. I smelled amazing. I smelled like the flowers of God. I went in because I started getting like, all like, what did this lady do to me? Did she take oil and rub it into my hands? Did she, was there some contraption that blew flowers and sparkles on me? I don't know. So I started washing my hands in the bathroom like crazy and that smell was not going away. No matter how many times I washed my hands, no matter how many times I'd smell my hands and they'd smell like, they didn't smell like the soap. They smelled like now, the did flowers. did your mom smell it when you got back? So, so that's the thing. So I went to bed that night. I didn't see my mom until the morning. I woke up with my mom sitting on the side of my bed. She was rubbing my back and she goes, can you wake up? What are you wearing? What kind of perfume is that? And I used to wear Bill Blast Nude. I still do. You can't find it anymore. And, and that always smelled great on me. But this was nothing like that. She wanted to know what fragrance I was wearing. And I said, I'm not wearing anything, Mom. <laughs> I go, I had a blessing from this lady. She didn't believe me. 
She didn't believe me. She's like, okay. My mother was smelling my skin, my back, my shoulders going, oh my God, you smell so good. If I could have bottled that scent, I'd be a millionaire right now. So to me, that was a miracle. It was so otherworldly in a human way that I, I had no explanation. I, I don't, I still to this day, I can't debunk it. I try to think about it in scientific terms. The fact that there was 400 people standing around me watching and they would have saw any trickery, there was none of that. So I don't know. I felt very special that I was able to have that happen. Mm -hmm. So I guess that's my miracle story besides like near misses type of yeah, thing. Yeah, like, I've had a lot of <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> near misses. Now, what about you for miracles? Have you had any miracles? Well, I know this is going to sound weird and maybe not amazing to anyone, but I would say it was really experience with Emma too, but it was more of the heart because I had a very hardened heart about things. I think when I was a teenager, just experiences. We had a lot of negative experiences within our family. I had issues with my dad. So to me, it was the realization that God loved me, but it was not just like, you know it, like you say it and you know it, but it was very felt deep within me and the ability to love people without any problem. Mm -hmm. I always had uh, a wall up, a wall and didn't want to accept people or like them if they did something that hurt me. So it was a, a, an ability to forgive and to love. And I find that more transforming thing for your interior part. Now, of course, there's lots of things physically that I wish were better with me. I have an issue. I have a medical issue that, you know, I'm always praying, asking God for a healing or maybe finding something that will help. And that hasn't really happened, but I've had, I think, some progress with it, just looking for natural things. But yeah, like Emma witnessed uh, many, many different things, uh, heard about a lot of people's healings through her. One that happened with her that really helped my dad, who was very skeptical about this whole thing. And we ended up bringing my sister, Gabby, who's also my half-sister. My dad was married before. He had four kids with his first marriage, and he had four with my mom. So my half-sister, Gabby, came, and our oldest sister, Jennifer, that was my, my dad's first child from the first marriage, she died at around like 23, 24 years old in 1984. I was kind of young at the time, but I remember she lived with us for a while while she was sick. We actually prayed that she would live. We did this novena to St. Therese, the little flower. And supposedly if your prayers answered, you'll get a rose or some, some sort of flower. And when we were done with the novena, we were praying for a miracle for her. So out of nowhere, after the novena was over with, my grandfather, who had no idea we were doing this novena, he said, you won't believe it. This was in December in Syracuse, which is pretty snowy and cold. He goes, there's a rose growing in my rose garden. It's the only one. He goes, I don't understand why. He just checked out back. It was beautiful. It wasn't a full bloom. It was closed. But just the fact that it could grow at all in those cold temperatures is really quite miraculous. So my parents looked at it as a sign. They picked it up at my grandfather's house. And then um, my parents had it in a vase for many, many years. And it, it lasted, not fresh, but it just perfectly kind of dried. And eventually it did fall apart. I don't know what happened to the rest of it. But what happened to us, though, is that we prayed for the miracle and it didn't, nothing happened. My sister died. But later with Emma, so we bring our sister Gabby to this place that Becky was just talking about. It's called the Mother of Joy House of Prayer. 
and um, there was a big crowd there. It was a, I think it was one of the first times I was there. Emma is yelling out to like a crowd of a couple hundred people, who is Jennifer? Who is Jennifer? And our friend Beverly, who was basically the head of the prayer, you know, the the prayer house there, was trying to yell out, all right, anyone know Jennifer? She's not thinking Jennifer is dead. She's literally looking for a person named Jennifer because that's what, you know, Emma's saying, Jennifer, Jennifer. So it gets to my dad, and my dad's like, I had a daughter named Jennifer, but she died a long time ago. All of a sudden, Emma knew, and she goes, okay, come with me. Grab Gabby. I couldn't even get in there because the people saw that something was happening and I got kind of blocked out. So what Gabby describes, she was all of a sudden Emma is telling us something. Her face is collecting this fine gold glitter that was oozing off her face in kind of oily clumps, just mm. plopping off of her face. And then that aroma was coming. That beautiful aroma. And then she said that because Emma's a mystic, she had heavenly experiences and someone in our prayer group had died. His name was Robbie Hoffman and Robbie, she saw Robbie in heaven and she saw how he got to heaven because he was in purgatory for a little while and he had to go through purification before he got to heaven. So she saw this girl, Jennifer, greet him from purgatory, brought him to heaven. And so when uh, Emma saw that, she says, you know, who are you? And she would just say, I am Jennifer. And then another person had died in the prayer group. Jennifer brought him to heaven, said the same thing. I'm Jennifer. She says, I didn't know who she was. And then my dad pulls out a picture of, you know, of her from his wallet and shows it to her. And she's like, that's her. That's Jennifer. And then everything got really intense. The smells, the glitter, it just, it was almost like God was putting this huge miracle well, that was such a huge healing for my dad because I think after she died, it was like he kind of changed as a person. He just became unhappy in life, yeah. and he took it out on a lot of us. Well, losing a child is hard. He shouldn't have taken it out on you guys. Yeah, but. I mean, but it was just more like his unhappiness. And it's funny, I think I'm turning more into my dad now with all the anxiety. We'll just <laughs> try to control that. Yeah. <laughs> but that was a huge healing. It was for my siblings also. And for us, it was like, wow, God really exists. He wants us to be happy. He wants us to forgive. He wants us to know that there's something to look forward to. Yeah. You know? and, and that, that changed my life. The soul goes on and, and that miracles happen. Yeah, it changed my life. And I, I'm glad we're talking about this because we talk about a lot of scary things. And I was telling Becky the other day, like, maybe we have to lift people yeah. up this time. <laughs> we have to... Instead of talking about like uh, shadow people and aliens kidnapping you. Yeah, let's liven it up a little bit with some... Sometimes we need some goodness, you know. Because it's there. I really believe it's there. And I think we don't see everybody's miracles. You know, no one's really talking about it. But when you try to look them up, you find a lot of people's stories. And I've been to a lot of places in the world, a few churches, where the crutches and the things that people left there because they were healed. Right. It's innumerable. I think many Christians have given up on believing in miracles, too. And for them, the age of miracles belongs to the early church. You know, that that's true. The awe inspiring events like Moses parting the Red Sea, the virgin birth, Jesus rising from the dead. But just because we don't see this phenomena of biblical proportions occurring today, doesn't mean that God has left the business of miracles.
few miracles to share that we've dug up. Uh, this one's coming off beliefnet.com. This is a mysterious voice led rescuers to find child who survived 14 hours submerged in a car. In March of 2015, Lynn Jennifer Grossback, 25, lost control of her car and landed in the icy Spanish Fork River in Utah. 14 hours later, first responders found her 18-month-old daughter, Lily, in her car seat hanging upside down just above the frigid water. Prior to finding Lily, both police officers and firefighters report that they heard an adult voice yell, Help me! from inside the car. Now, they discovered that the voice could not have come from the young mother who likely died from the impact. The rescuers still can't explain the voice or how the girl survived hanging upside down for 14 hours in freezing temperatures without being dressed for the cold. Wow. And the next one I have is a woman who came back to life after having no pulse for 45 minutes. Ruby Grapura Casimiro, 40 fell unconscious from a rare amniotic fluid embolism during a cesarean section in September of 2014 at the Boca Raton Regional Hospital in Florida. Oh, the, the people have to hear that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Doctors tried to revive her for three hours. And after 45 minutes without a pulse, doctors decided to invite her family into the operating room to say their last goodbyes. Then what doctors are calling a miracle, which is, you know, a big thing for a doctor to say, occurred. Her heart began beating on its own. Now, she revealed that during her experience, she felt herself floating along a tunnel and seeing spiritual beings, including her father, surrounded in light. What's even more incredible is that she suffered no brain damage and made a full recovery. Her baby girl is also healthy and happy. Wow. A boy who fell into an icy stream was resuscitated after nearly two hours of CPR. Gardell Martin, 22 months old, was playing with his siblings outside his parents' home in Mifflinburg. What's PN? Is it a Canadian province? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> if, guys, I'm sorry for that, but let, let's just say in Mifflinburg, PN. In March of 2015, he fell into a gushing creek with 34-degree water. Gardell was found a quarter of a mile away by a neighbor, unconscious, without a pulse. Emergency personnel were called to the scene, immediately began performing CPR, which continued uninterrupted for 10, wow, I was going to say 10, it's 101 minutes, as they transported him via ambulance and a helicopter to the hospital. His body temperature upon arrival was 77 degrees, well below the normal temp of 98.6. After doctors gradually warmed the boy over 24 hours, he remarkably woke up without any apparent signs of neurological damage. I want to know, if you get taken by helicopter to the hospital, do they send you a bill for that? Oh, I'm sure. Like $100,000? Like, oh, oh I'm saved sure. your life. I'm sure, yeah. Well, I there mean, <laughs> they, if they saved your life, it's worth it. If you died, your God, parents you... are screwed. Oh, and then I know. And you also wonder, some of these freezing ones, if it's like cryogenics in a way, like... I, I think sometimes it is, you know, but mm. there's some things that are definitely almost unexplainable. Right. So I will say, yes, I think it's true that especially children, for some reason, like babies, they can survive cold temperatures. But I definitely think that there's a little bit of a miracle going too. on there. And, you know, I mean, obviously, I believe in God. So I always think he's in control anyway. So right. whatever, you know, if it's meant to be, it will be. The power of community prayer sparked a healing miracle that doctors can't explain. The end of Grayson Kirby seemed inevitable when he was thrown from a demolition derby car at the Mid-Atlantic Power Festival in Ruckersville, Virginia in June of 2014. The accident left him in a coma. His lungs were crushed and nearly every other bone in his body was broken. 
His brain also suffered multiple strokes and hemorrhages and his kidneys were failing. If he did wake up, he would likely, to put it bluntly, be a vegetable. But his family refused to give up and turned to prayer. Thousands of people in the community and beyond kept Kirby in their thoughts and prayers and wore red shirts designed to show support for the injured man. In a final attempt to revive Kirby, doctors hooked him up to a machine typically used for transplant patients, not trauma patients. Whether it was due to a divine intervention or medical intervention or both, it worked. Ten days after the accident, Kirby opened his eyes and mouthed the words, I love you, to his father. The doctors couldn't believe it, and neither could Kirby. I'm humble, I'm grateful, just amazed, Kirby said. I know that God saved me, and I know that prayer and believing saved me. Hmm. We know the power of prayer. Yeah. It's funny, because we were just doing a session, an EVP, what do you call those? Yeah, EVP session. EVP session. Mm -hmm. And her spirit team, or whatever you want to call it, kept on telling us repeatedly, pray, 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 pray. pray. Yeah. And we're like, for what? For who? You know, and we're getting a little clues, but mainly that was the main theme. And it was really, pray. so we did pray. We prayed together and we're like, well, for their intentions, whatever it is. And then uh, they still kept on saying it. Not as much. Right. It, it slowed down a bit. And we're like, we don't know what to think. You know, it's like. We open with a prayer. We close with a prayer. But when they say pray, there's usually something up. And they were using words like redeemer, savior, God, yep. time. Mm -hmm. just very interesting things for a moment becky's like is, is god is jesus coming now yeah what's going <laughs> is it <laughs> second coming happening in june or what <laughs> just a few more of these and then okay okay um vatican confirms colorado boy was healed by none from beyond the grave the roman catholic church has a rigid formalized vetting process when evaluating miracles which are defined as divine events that have no natural or scientific explanation investigating a single miracle could take years you know this stuff yes after a 14-year process the vatican released its verdict on a young boy's recovery from a debilitating gastrointestinal condition am i saying that right gastrointestinal gastro gastro <laughs> i know it's very hard it was a miracle Doctors tried everything, antibiotics, diets, tests, but it seemed like nothing could stop four-year-old Luke Berge from literally wasting away in 1998. The eight to ten violent bouts of diarrhea he experienced every day for six months forced him to drop out of preschool. After doctors began to suspect cancer, the boy's mother, a devout Catholic, began looking outside of medicine for a cure. She asked nuns to pray for Luke. Sister Margaret Mary Priester and the late Sister Evangeline Spenner. Do you know them, Steph? Yeah. You friends with them? <laughs> they knew what to do. They asked the founder of their order, Mother Teresa Bonzel, a German nun who lived a hundred years ago, to intervene. The nuns prayed a novena, a nine-day vigil asking Bonzel to heal Luke. As soon as their novena was complete, Luke woke up and his stomach no longer hurt him. The illness never returned. I knew immediately that it was a miracle, Mother Jan Berge said. Have you ever prayed to an ex-nun? Um, well, there's a lot of saints that were nuns, so yes. Like, okay. I've prayed to St. Teresa the Little Flower a lot. Okay. Um, there's our local nun in Syracuse that became a saint, St. Uh, Mother Marianne Cope. Hmm. There's two miracles that made her become a saint. And one was a young girl. I don't know what her condition was, but it was definitely, there was a no cure for it. Okay. She was cured. That was the first one. I tried to find that story, but, um, could not find it, but I found the second miracle and it was an, a person who... Kind of similar to the boy, she had like, she had a huge wound inside of her that was 
incurable. It was just spreading, causing major problems. Know, problems. I don't know what it was infected, severely infected, big, huge gaping wound that went right through her organ. I mean, it was just bad. Oh. And she had no chance of recovery. So they asked the nuns to pray to Mother Marianne Cope and the, the local nuns here in Syracuse. And they did. And she was pretty much, I think, in hospice, but she started getting better and better and better and better. And it took six months. It wasn't like it was an instant thing. Right. But they didn't know what else to do. The doctors definitely said that's a miracle because there's there's no survival for a person who has that. So it was just they were just waiting for her to die. Are there ever any non-religious miracles? Well, I'm I'm going to guess that there are because every culture always has a shaman or they have someone okay. because I think God sends them. They're gifted. I don't think everyone's necessarily. They're just regular. Like, I think even now there's people that are special that they people other people will seek out for help because they seem to be gifted with something. But do you think that they're in their own religion still? Like a shaman is still kind of spiritual. So is, are there any natural because I couldn't find any any natural like science based miracles. There was one and I know you've seen this yeah. and I've seen it, but it, I think it was in China or somewhere. And the people were saying words over somebody that had cancer and they had all on video. They had, I don't know if it was like a x-ray type thing, but you could see it literally shrink, shrink, shrink. And they were just saying words of like love. I don't, I can't, oh, this is so long ago. It was either loving words or words. Positive that, affirmations. Positive, yeah. Like positive And uh, it's almost like, you know, that whole belief, that energy, you know, that we're, when we speak, we, we can change things, you know, right. Our words are powerful. I think that's why prayer is powerful. So uh, there was a video that I had seen with that. And they weren't Christian. They were just people who believed in the power of intention. prayer and intention. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And uh, I think also on the other end, you know, there's people who believe in spells and witchcraft and all that. It's really the same thing. It's just, I think, your intention. Yeah, that's true. What your plans are. And I think a lot of them wish good on other people, which is a good thing. But... um. Anyone I think who wishes evil is just going to come back on you. Karma. And I think that you're right. I think that's what's funny to me is that contradiction within different belief systems. And you're religious and I'm not, you know. <laughs> but the thing is, is you still have a altar. You, yeah, whatever, you yeah. still bow to an altar. You yeah. still have. Well, I think the terrible thing about religions, because they're they're also very horrible. They Right. Because there's people wars are in it and, and they everything. do bad yeah. things. Yeah. And that's across the board. But there's definitely good people in each one who have good hearts. To me, the idea that at least Christianity brings is, and, you know, I mean, Judaism, is that God is love. And if anyone has experienced true love, not like, you know, selfish lust or anything like that, but true love that's like sacrificial, you really are blown away by that person's effect on you because of how loving they were. That to me is an image of God. You know, like that's god that's how he feels towards every single person now of course i think with religion you get people that are bad we're all on a journey that we do bad things at certain times really bad things yeah even when when it's within a church so it's very very hard it's it takes a lot of faith to believe in a church i think or any religion because of the faults of people i agree god shows man the power of marriage during life-threatening holdup. now we've all heard about married people that they live longer but for one man, marriage literally saved his life. Donnie Register was working the cash register for real. 
His name was Donnie Register and he was working the cash <laughs> register at his store located in the antique market in Jackson, Mississippi, when two men walked in and held him at gunpoint and demanded money. A shot was fired at Register's head as he threw up his hands. Remarkably, his wedding ring deflected the bullet. Wow. Pieces of the bullet lodged into his neck and fingers, but none of his injuries were fatal. Register, who had been married for 38 years, doesn't chalk it up to luck. He believes his marriage saved his life. I knew being married was a good thing, he said. I just didn't know it was that good. <laughs> his wife gives God all the credit and says his story is a reminder that men should always wear their wedding rings. <laughs> <laughs> this one might be interesting stuff. I'd love to get your feedback on this. But okay. Pope Francis performs a rare blood miracle. Pope Francis is often called the Pope of Surprises. Could he also be the Pope of Miracles? St. Gennaro, Gennaro. <laughs> thank you, was martyred in AD 305. Today, say it again, Gennaro. Gennaro, yeah. Yeah, serves at Naples patron saint. During the three feast days for St. Gennaro, celebrated each year, it is believed that enough prayer can liquefy a vial containing the saint's dried blood. At Mass... Held on March 21st in 2015, Pope Francis was given the vial. When the Pope kissed the vial, the blood half-liquefied. The Cardinal called the scientifically inexplainable liquefaction a miracle. This was the first time the blood has been liquefied by a Pope since 1848, when it did so in front of Pope Pius IX. So what do you think of that? <laughs> well, I've heard of this, and okay. it's a huge event in, in Naples when this happens. And it's basically dried like a blood clot that they have in a vial and it's sealed in glass and it looks like kind of like um the shape sort of of a an hourglass but it's not it's like that type of size right like a big hourglass but but it's at the center they take it out on the feast day and when they kind of rock it back and forth and you know see if it starts to turn to liquid it's a great sign i guess there's times that it hasn't and they look at that as bad and there was just a couple years ago it, it didn't turn it mm -hmm. stayed solid this is definitely a unexplainable thing it's happened for many many years and it's the blood of san gennaro but there's a lot of people who've tried to make something to see if there was something at that i don't know how many hundreds of years ago that happened but they try to use the technology and the chemicals that they might have had hundreds of years ago and recreate something that could coagulate and then suddenly liquefy, liquefy and they were able to create it and with the stuff that was available at the time so it brought a lot of skepticism to people but this has lasted for so long have they tested it for that length of time, too? Could something last that long that was in that, you know, the way that yeah. they made it? I think they would need more tests. But I sometimes think God can do things like this for people, and it could be a fakery. But I think uh, one of the times that it didn't, I don't I don't know if it was before World War II or whatever, but it, it didn't liquefy, and then Vesuvius erupted, and it was really bad. Wow. They kind of looked at it as it's like a, a bad omen if it doesn't liquefy. It's okay. interesting if you want to look it up. So I was going to tell the people a miracle that happened in Lourdes. And this is the first documented miracle that happened in 1858. Uh, when Catherine... <laughs> I, know, I know. Some of these names are like, we try our best and we apologize for the incorrect... Okay. When Catherine Latapia, I hope that's how you say it, <laughs> felt a sudden urge to travel to Lourdes in search of healing, two years prior she had fallen from a tree and severely injured her right hand. The accident left two of her fingers entirely paralyzed. The tapier met Bernadette at the grotto and very simply washed her hand in the small spring that had formed. Instantaneously, 
the paralysis of her fingers was gone, and she could move them just as she could before her accident. Another cure related to restoration of vision is attributed to Blaisette Casanave, a woman who suffered from chronic conjunctivitis and an infection that left her eyelids scaly and sore. Her condition was labeled incurable when she, at the age of 51, used the water at Lourdes as a lotion on her eyes. Immediately, the scales fell from her eyelids, and her vision was completely restored. Even the pain and inflammation she suffered was entirely gone. Do you believe that it really works? Should I be squirting this into my eyes? I have some or... in my car. Should I be using them as eye drops? Or <laughs> The bottle that I have in my car sat in there for so long with the heat that at one point, I noticed there was like an algae in there. Oh, then I wouldn't be putting that. Yeah, I wouldn't my put eyes. in your eye, but um, <laughs> I did put it on your forehead, you know. <laughs> but then I looked at it again recently, and it was no more algae. So I don't know if it miraculously cured yeah, itself. <laughs> it miraculously cured itself. So this is Justin Bohart. Justin was only two years old when he was cured at Lourdes. From birth, he was considered a failure to thrive case, labeled hopeless by medical standards. Shortly before his parents brought him to Lourdes, he contracted tuberculosis and was dying from it. Carrying young Justin in her arms, his mother walked to the grotto out of desperation, knowing that she could be banished at the time, since in 1858 there was a period of time in which the public were banned from visiting the grotto, which I have no idea why. Oh, damn, I they, was going to ask you. I have no idea. I didn't even realize M that that maybe happened. Maybe tuberculosis was so rampant that... Everyone could catch it from the water or something. Now, this is going to sound a little conspiratorial, but there's a lot of Freemasons in that town at the time. Of A lot of the uh, mayors and all the belonged to me, they couldn't stand. They were pretty much atheists. They could not stand that this was happening. Right. So that could have been because of that. Okay. Even so, and despite the outcries of people walking by, she prayed by the rock and then bathed Justin in the hollow recently dug by laborers. As she walked home carrying his limp body in her arms, she realized that Justin was still breathing and then slept peacefully through the night. Justin made a full recovery and even lived to attend St. Bernadette's canonization in 1933. So he was like a limp, like dying yeah. baby. That's so devastating when it you think is. about a mom. You know, some of them, to go to a holy place like that, they will do, especially mothers, they'll do. Well, I think anybody that's suffering and they've been through everything they can go through. You'll try anything. And this will sound disturbing, but I remember reading this about St. Padre Pio. But there was a mother that her child died, but she was so determined that Padre Pio could do something. She put him in her suitcase, took the train. Oh, boy. I know it sounds terrible, oh, but she boy. brought him and he brought him back brought to life. Brought him back to life. No way. Jesus brought people back to life. Yeah, but I just, this that's, I don't know. How do sparkles just appear on your face? Yeah, well, maybe this is like a pet cemetery deal. And he comes back like <laughs> Gage. Or he's like a zombie. Zombie. <laughs> let's well, hope not. Let's hope not. I believe that miracles happen every day. And I think if you look around. Except for bringing well, people back to life. Well, that that's <laughs> very extreme. <laughs> if you want to get a hold of us, you know the drill. You can send us an email at tothespiritpod at gmail.com. We're on all the major platforms. End up on YouTube. You can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on Facebook. Feel free to send us a message on all of them, any of them. And please tell a friend about the podcast. If you like it, that's the best way to get the word out. Or feel free to leave us a review on Apple or any of the podcast platforms that you're able to leave a review. And, my friends, if you don't believe in miracles, perhaps you've forgotten. You are one. Bye. Bye. To the spirit.